welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. For those of you that have never been here before, my name is C.J. Reynolds and I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And what that means is real talk. So we're having real talk about education mainly, but sometimes life gets in there also because it all kinds of blends together. Um, and this is coming to you live from my laundry room where I have this little office set up. My dog's sitting here at my feet. Wife is making noise in the kitchen because she's heating up her coffee that she forgot about. Or, or Brody's eating a Hot Pocket. I'm not really sure. It is like the one really disgusting thing we let our kids eat that is at the same time burns your face off and then has this cold thing. I, that's what they tell me anyway. I, I refuse to eat one. Um, thanks, buddy. So I don't know where to put this. We'll just put it up there for now. Um, if, so what this is, is in, in our attempt at showing up. We're showing up on Sundays, which is a lot of times the most sacred night or, or the most fearful night of the week for educators to show up to be there for one another. So it's not just me. You'll see all these folks in the chat that if you have a question, a comment, a concern, something you want to share with everyone, that don't be surprised if a bunch of other people start talking to you. If Kate the Sleepy Teacher starts talking to you, that's just what we do here. If Chris Carson wants to add something, if Royster adds something, if, you know, this is what happens in the chat uh, every time. Uh, if this is not a good fit for you, Know that this is also a podcast and we're working on working on a lot of fun stuff, man. We're working on getting all the podcasts actually pushed over to our website first. Um, but, the, you know, that's something that's that's a plan that's going on. Um, but we, well, right? we have over like probably close to 200 or just under 200 from when we started no. this. That's a huge a undertaking. We never, we never note milestones. You know what we, we never like take a minute to say, yeah, we passed 100 or something. Yeah. It's too busy. Too busy going. So the um, if you have a question, put it in the chat. If this doesn't work for you, you can also go and listen to it. Uh, Jake will have it up by tomorrow morning. It's on iTunes and everywhere else that you can get a podcast from. So that's accessible for you as well. Um, if you need more than that, I'm going to plug some things real quick before we get started. I have a book out. It's called Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. Um, we have like almost 80 reviews on Amazon right now. And somebody else, John Grisham might be going... 80 reviews is nothing, but I'm going, heck yeah, man. People took time out of their day to like go on there and say something nice about the book. One person gave me one star, but I'm not listening to that. I don't even know what they said. Then they are not our people. That's They're not it. our people because people like us do things like this. That's what Seth Godin says. Um, if you are getting ready to start the year, consider, look, man, share this with someone, not just the book. I mean, you could share the book with your school also, but like share this idea with your friends at school like we are meeting at a place like hey man it's like prohibition times like hey you want to get in on something good i have this meeting i go to every sunday night where me and all these great people from all over the world meet up and it's this amazing thing like it is a group we should bring people into um and there's the facebook group real life with Reynolds teaching and all there's all kinds of other stuff you can sign up for mentoring you go to our website and i do you mentoring can go check things. out our new website oh new website's getting Still updated process, it is but... it is we have we are taking on the whole Edie family. It's Edie and her brother, John, that I call Eddie, because I think Edie and Eddie sounds great together. Does he know that? Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay, just wondering. I um, fill him in on your ridiculousness. Marth thinks his name should be Jeedy, because it's John and Edie together. But then I said, that spells Jedi, really. So, I don't know, we're getting, up. We're getting in the weeds now. 
Um, oh so how do I make this go away? There it goes. Cool. Um, got any questions for me? So if you have a question, if you could put it in the chat, if you put Q or question next to it, it just helps us to get to the question faster. I'm feeling on fire today too. Uh, Amanda Davis, I just want to say, oh, good gracious. I hope everything turns out well for you. Um, my sister literally just got done quarantining because she had COVID. Does Amanda Davis um, have Potentially, COVID? she's waiting for her COVID test to come back, so she's quarantining. Yeah, That's we've known a lot one. of people, and it's hard. been crazy, it's man. Like it's been so crazy because, like, sure. you hear what you hear on the news, but like the people that we've known—I mean, we've known folks that were that have gotten COVID that were in the hospital for like eight weeks. It just rocked them. They, some folks we know almost died from it. I do know a few, not anyone that I know, but it's like friends, like like family members of friends. Um, have passed from complications of, of, uh, actually, actually not true. I do know someone that has passed from this. Um, and then, you know, but my wife's sister's fiance, uh, Mason only got, he said he got headaches. Yeah, it. he had very few symptoms, but he did have to quarantine past the 14 days. It lasted longer than before he could get a... They all go back to work tomorrow. So the new science, exciting. did you see this? Mary Beth posted, you, if you have a certain type of blood type, yeah, my mom some people are like... Less likely. Yeah. But also, apparently if you're tall, you're more likely to oh, get... Heck out of here. I don't know how that happens. I'm just telling you. <laughs> tall people. Tall people. Watch you out, might, tall people. might be more susceptible. I don't really know. <laughs> Um, Anna Ballerina is asking, give a lot of teachers advice for dealing with virtual or hybrid learning. Do you have any advice for the students? This is a great question. Yes. Um, I, you know, I think what is so interesting about this time in, in learning, especially with regards to virtual learning, or if that is even in the classroom now with kind of like how they're having us like space things out. Um, and so it's like not as many kids, it's not as much stuff as you can normally do. I, I think that education for students is, it's trying to get kids to understand their why, right? So like when I try to talk to kids about like a class or their future or what they want, or what their dreams are, this is a really important conversation to have with young people because you're, and, and give them space to dream, to dream big, huge, what do you want? What, what is the dream that you want? And then sharing some of our dreams with them as well, right? So that's, that's a whole kind of another topic. But the kids know that I want to live on a farm, that I want a tiny horse, that I want a Volkswagen bus that I can drive around, um, throw my surfboards in the back and just go to the beach and stuff like that. Like my kids have, a, they know my vision, they know what I'm working towards. Um, I think it's letting students know that all this only works if you do it. All this stuff only works if you put the work in. It can't be about the, the minimum viable effort. Because if you know what you want to do, if you know that your dream is to be a nurse, to be a doctor, to, be, to own your own business, to be, well, I don't know, a comic book creator, video game creator, you need to get a sense of what that is. Like, what are the actual requirements to being a video game creator? I'm certain it's not just that you've played a lot of video games. That is, of course, part of it, but there needs to be certain markers I'm certain that you have to hit to like, I don't know, be able to code a certain way or be able to work on certain systems or whatever. Um, do you need a college degree for certain things? And then reverse engineer that. And when we can help students do that, what we're doing really 
is creating a picture as to why this institution, why education actually exists and why it's important right now and for you. Because education only works if the kids buy in. If they don't buy in, it's just like, what do I have to do it's for a grade? It's gonna be on the test, rounds. It's gonna be on the test. Uh, how many points is this worth? Because I'm already calculating in my head how many points I need for the rest of the year. And this, uh, this doesn't actually bring my grade up or if it doesn't hurt me that bad, I'm not really gonna do it. And, but if you can get kids to see like, no bro, this plays into your life plan. And then I gear my classroom that way. It is, it is kids over content all day. And for students, it has to be about them having some sense of why they would do this or what they're doing. Um, that becomes really, really important. So, um, and then I think other than that, there is a really great TED talk uh, that, where do I have this? I'm gonna find it and I will, I, here's what I'm gonna do. When this is done, I'm gonna get, because I can't do it because the way that I'm filming this, I can't just like pop it up there and my wife is, Apparently making a sandwich for my daughter all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post it, but there's a Ted talk that dude, it is one of the greatest Ted talks I ever heard. And it changed my life. Um, it, it Oh snap girl. Um, it is, uh, about a guy who changed his life by setting 10 minute increments in his life, right? So essentially what he did was like, he was like, yo, I sucked as a, as a student. But what I started doing was saying, could I do this for 10 minutes? Could I, could I study? Could I work on this piece of homework? Could I do this writing assignment? Could I read? Could I do whatever for 10 minutes? Then he would do it for 10 minutes and then he would go shoot some hoops. He would go back and work on homework for 10 more minutes, right? No phone, no distractions, no TV on, no radio, no nothing. 10 minutes hyper-focused. And then go play video games for 10 minutes or, or go do something, not even for 10 minutes, but just go play a little bit of video games or something like that and then come back to it. And what he found was that if he went from, from doing zero homework, putting zero effort into his schooling to 10 minute increments, it was, it changed the game drastically. So if you think about your life, if you do zero exercises and then you go to doing 10 uh, let's just use that number, right? For fun, for anything, right? You are, are going to do 10 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 jumping jacks, 10 arm circles. I'm not really sure what these things do, but I remember doing them in school. Remember these? <laughs> All right. Big little circles. What is this doing? Like we, should, we need to start doing this. I'm going to oh, do a fitness arm. gym. It's total. And like, then big, there were enough. big circles, little circles, and then you had to do back was that doing? Is there a gym teacher out there that knows were the arm circles useful? They still do that. They still do it? It's so silly, right? Can you run for 10 seconds, right? Like whatever it is, it's rigging the game so you can win. And I think if students really understood that, because the guy talks about in the TED Talk how he didn't even always go back to the same assignment. Sometimes it was a completely different assignment that he was doing. Like it was like 10 minutes in biology, 10 minutes in English, and if you think about it, if you go from no work to 10 minutes of work, you're getting something done. You're handing something in. You're building, mo you're building momentum. You're, you're, in, you're gonna start seeing the grade go up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then you start seeing what you can actually do. And, and I think that is a great message to, tell, to send to students. What TED Talk is this that you're talking um, about? It's the uh, TED Talk and put in 10, what is it? Put in granny squares. Granny squares? Yeah, that's another part of the talk that he talks about.
squares. They sat, dude, this right on one? the top. Yep. Okay. Stephen Jack. Blah, 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 blah. That's how. That's not really how you say his name. I just made that up. Are you gonna share it in the chat? Yeah, but how do I? Um, hit the three. I Johns did. Up there. It didn't give me an option. Add to QC. Uh, so hit on hit on his picture okay. with two fingers. Okay, copy it. link. Got it. Um, who is? I don't know. Oh, here we are. Um, <laughs> I that someone just said, "I like this man. <laughs> I appreciate it." So, uh, question: Manella is asking. Hello, as teachers, we've got a lot to do. How do you manage your time to get all of your teaching duties done within the schedule? And how should we deal with perfectionism? This is a great question. Um, feeling it. So I think there's a couple of things. One, um, I, there's a couple of different things. Well, you're good. You can, I understand what you're doing out there. Uh, perfectionism. I think is a roadway to disaster, first of all, because you can't do all things perfect. I'm really good at some things, but even when um, I'm making a video, right? So I've been working for uh, this company, HMH, and this is all out on their website now. Like I was, um, they have this new thing called Teacher's Corner and a handful of us that are from the, the you know, teacher, internet teachers, um, they, brought us on as ambassadors, right? So like I've been making content for them and I've been trying to do a really great job, like better than I've ever done before. But there gets to be a point where I'm watching these videos out and I know I have to ship. I know I have to hit send and send this thing over to them. But I get, like I'll watch it again. I'm like, ah oh, man, there's always tweaks. There's always something else that I can do. But at some point you gotta ship. At some point, you sand the wood until it's smooth enough, right? And you just are, it's like, unless you want to sit here for the rest of your life, like with finer and finer sandpaper, you're just like, it's pretty smooth, we ship. And so that's a, that's a Seth Godin idea too, the shipping idea. But I think that, gosh, like that, so that, that idea is going to get you nowhere. Um, that I think having fun is more important than being perfect. I think that whatever you're doing, I think your intentions show a lot about what you're trying to do. That looking for um, looking for the best outfit is not as good as just looking great. I think that having your hair look, you know, maybe not your hair, I do put a lot of time and effort into that sucker, but um, I, I think it's like, perfection is just a downfall that, that, that we need to just say no to. And so my, I, real quick, how I deal with that and how I've been my new thing that I've been thinking about um, that I got from some podcast. I don't even remember where, cause I listen to too much stuff sometimes whenever I'm thinking ne have negative self-talk about myself, or I start going down some rabbit hole where I'm trying to be a perfectionist in something and not seeing the beauty, right? Cause what that's doing, what you're doing when you're being a perfectionist is you're stopping being grateful. You're no longer grateful because you're not seeing the beauty in, in what's in front of you and being grateful for what's in front of you, you're focusing on the negative aspects. And so when I do that, I literally, well, sometimes I actually snap my fingers, but I just say, scratch that. I literally stop myself and I say, scratch that. So if I start going down this rabbit hole of like something that happened with my wife, something that happened with my kids, the way that my neighbor looked at me, the way someone reacted to something online, the way that 
the school's choosing to do stuff and if they do this then this year's going to go like this and then i'm going to have a problem with the kid and i don't know what to do and then it, it goes down you know you all know the rabbit hole so to stop that my verbal cue to myself is i literally just say scratch that and then i it's really been working because what it's doing is it's giving me a, a cue to stop to not do that anymore and so, um, oh, Ed Milet brought this up on his podcast. If you don't check out the Ed Milet show, it's a really, really good podcast. Um, they, so with regards to that, how do I handle all the work-life balance stuff and all the stuff schools give you? Look, I, this is, this is, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Let me say that on the front end. That is my caveat, but I do things the way that I do things. I do what I think is really important. I don't do the rest. That, that being said, right, let me break that down because that's a hell of a lot easier to say than it is to do. And I, I get that. But if it is about kids, if it is about, and sometimes that's paperwork, sometimes that's phone calls, sometimes that's going to meetings and stuff like that. If I don't think it's worth my time and energy and I see that it is getting in the way of doing something that's worth my time and energy, then I don't go to it, right? And I will I say this live on the internet. If there's a meeting that I don't feel like is really useful for me, then, and I know a student needs help, I know a student is upset, I know that a kid comes in my room crying or looking down or is depressed or their mom asked me to talk to them, um, which happens often, right? I get into these places where like a parent will email me in the morning and say, hey, so-and-so is feeling really down today. They had a really hard, you know, meeting yesterday or they got some bad news or whatever. Um, could you please talk to them? But I know there's a PD going on. I just don't go to the PD. And my hope is that the school understands that. And I've been lucky enough to have leadership that I can go to, that I can text Cho or Yonk or you know any of the other administrators and say, hey, I'm gonna be late or I'm not coming. Or they'll ask because I'm, I'm classic for forgetting meetings to begin with. Um, so th are you laughing at me? Because mm -hmm. I did this the other day. Uh, so what? Well, Good thing they changed that meeting though, so I didn't really forget it or or miss it. But I am, you know, folks will always text me and go, yo, are you coming to this? And I can say like, no, I'm with a kid right now. I, I think, and here, here's, here's why that works, and here's how I think you get away with this. Any decisions that are based on student success and well-being put over curriculum, put over, look, when we put that over curriculum, we put that over um, paperwork or whatever other mandated stuff we have to do, who can argue with that? Who argues with, oh, oh, you were helping kids and you couldn't come to the, the training that we've had 17 times on how to effectively complete your lesson plans on time? Like, like, yeah, like, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. I realize this is important and I need to sign the thing and I need to be able to get credit for it and all that stuff. But like, I was with someone that needed me now not tomorrow, not a little bit later today. They don't want to wait for me. I needed to talk to them before they left the school building. I think anytime you have a lesson, that you miss a, a meeting, that you make a decision, that you do something that is for the well-being of a child, I'd be, it's like if your school wants to argue you about that, bro, just don't do it. And the other thing is, is that I chunk myself, right? Like I am extremely, like when I'm in work mode, right? My family knows, don't talk to me. When dad's in the flow, don't come in when I'm editing a video. Don't come in when I'm on the phone. Don't come. In. I mean, if there's something really important, like you're starving to death or someone fell down the steps or Marley got hurt again, um, then, cause that seems to happen a lot. Uh, then just let me know. But ultimately 
like my wife knows that like I will eventually take a break and then we can chat. But like if I'm just in the flow, you can't bother me because my calendar is set up in such a way that I know that like, all right, I'm giving 30 minutes to this. I'm giving 10 minutes to this. I'm giving an hour to this. And then I just try and get that thing done within that time. And even if I don't get it done, I at least got this much IEP paperwork done in the 30 to 60 minutes that I was giving to it. I got this much lesson planning done in the 30 to 60 minutes that I was giving to it. I got this many emails done in the 10 to 30 minutes I gave to it. So it's about chunking that out and being real strict and letting the world know, yo, I don't play because I can't multitask, right? Ron Swanson was right when he said, never half-ass anything, whole-ass everything. So I have to whole-ass everything that I'm doing because otherwise I just, I can't do two things at once. Short questions, long answers. Okay, making my, this is a nice short one from Stephanie. Um, Stephanie Henry said, is that an origami moose? That is a moose head that I keep meaning to spray paint. Um, I think it's a reindeer actually. And it's made out of cardboard. And I got it at like the Target $5 section one year. And I just liked it so much that I hung it on my wall. So um, can't really see it that good. Let me move this up. There he is. My moose. Uh, I want to spray paint it hot pink. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't know if that's um, for you or for the group. Okay, so not sure if this is for you or the group. Oh, this only has 10% on it, yeah. Oh. I don't know if we have a charger. Um, Joanne Markov is asking, so school starts in four days, and I've just learned that I'll be teaching ACT prep and creative writing in addition to English. I never took a the ACT. Eek, any recommendations or resources? So I, I don't, but this is a great place. So does anyone have resources... For taking the ACT. I know our school gets books that are sent in. Um, and I'm Joanne, I might have a connect for you. If you email me at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com, um, my buddy Fines used to teach, I think it was an SAT and ACT course, and he went to like trainings on how to do it and stuff like that too. My man is he's good at it. So if you, if you know, get what you can get here. And then if you send me that email, I can connect you with him and he's really gracious and kind and, and would try and help you out. Um, he's also messy. So don't let him eat lunch at your desk cause it gets stuff all over the place and there's beard hairs everywhere. He does. He has, I'm always finding beard hairs everywhere when I was working cause he would just go like this the whole day, this big massive beard. I, that's all you had to say. And I knew exactly who you were talking about. Beard hair. It's like face confetti. That's what that's fines. like. Fine's a great dude. He is. Fines came over recently. We had beers in the backyard one night and we had a fire and we were making s'mores and he ate the whole plate of s'mores. Did we talk about this already? <laughs> I think so. He ate the whole thing. I was like, damn, like, you thought that was your serving. No, he, I wasn't. I was doing keto to... and you weren't eating sweets either. I know. So I literally you, brought you it out You eat so him. many s'mores. They like, a, you have a marsh, anything with a marsh. He sat there for like five hours hanging out. You I'm eat sure a marshmallow eat a and a beer. It's like, it, it just expands your stomach. You're, like, you like turn into the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Um, Dominique is asking, my district is doing a hybrid model with parents getting the choice of going 100% online learning. So I will be teaching both physically and online. I'm nervous, any advice? So Dominique, I think that I, I you know, look, I've talked about this any number of times, but I think going back to school can be really dangerous for all of us. And, and I was ready to like, so Philadelphia just changed. I let the folks at my school know that I was not coming back into the building with the place that, with the, um, with the plan that they had in place. Right. Um, but, and, and our schools, I really think they're trying to work this out. Right. Like I, I'm not faulting, like, you know, at least my 
our institution because they are trying to make steps or trying to make smart decisions to keep students and teachers um, safe. That being said, uh, I don't think that all schools are capable of keeping everyone safe, right? Like I know our school is just too small. Like we just can't, we, there's literally zero extra room. Every closet, every alcove, every stairway, every part of the basement, it is all like, we, we use space well. And, and there's, there's just no room left. Um, so what do we do? Um, I think if you're going back to school, it's about being safe. It's about putting yourself first, because if you get sick, then, then, you know, you're potentially, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make anyone more scared than they need to be, but it's like, I just think about this stuff a lot. Um, and I can talk about that if we want to talk about that. That's not the question I was asked. The question I was asked was, um, nervous any advice i think one is being safe as safe as possible so really i i think that not enough people know how germs are actually transmitted um and there's a youtube video i forget what that channel was that the kids used to watch that had like um what would life on mars actually look like like remember it was animated and it was like um yeah I do they, so they had one about coronavirus and they also had one about germs and it talked about how germs are actually transmitted. I think all you have to do, if you want, it, go to um, Netflix has that Explained series. Oh, this yeah, was yeah. Pre this was like before coronavirus. And they just talked about um, infectious diseases and like just how like they spread. And the example that they gave was someone in a hotel room um, that was sick and had like terrible diarrhea and how just from flushing the toilet, the germs went up and through the HVAC system and like all through the hotel and like certain mm. people got sick just from that. Diarrhea, germs. <laughs> well, in the germs AC are germs, unit. it don't matter where it comes from. Still, you didn't know that we flush the toilet like. That's why you should always, well I do, cause I put the lid down first and then flush. Great. <laughs> See, Thanks. I really cared about you. We're really being open and vulnerable today. <laughs> um, but that, so that's a really great place to learn about that. So I think educating yourself first. Um, second is, mm. you know, I think one of the things I'm excited about, and I was just talking to my friend Joe about this yesterday. Um, one of the things I'm excited about with regards to virtual learning is some kids just did a better job last year. Some kids really found their, their place in, in, in the way that they learn, they, they figured themselves out on some level and really did much better because there were no distractions. They had all the time in the world. The, the meat was cut down from, like it was, it was trimmed down. The, the fat was trimmed off of the lessons. They could do it when they wanted. I, I think some kids loved that. The other thing I'm thinking about for this year is how might I, um, so I'm, I'm completely against live lessons. I think they are com mostly worthless. Um, because there's too many students, there's only one teacher, there's too many distractions and things going on in the home. It's just like, it's, it's asking too much. And not all students, I think, have access to computers at the same time every single day because they have brothers and sisters or their parents or any of you know that if you have multiple people in your house and everybody goes on the internet, all of a sudden things went back to like 1998 and it looks like, you know, we're doing dial-up AOL again. So but in making asynchronous content for our students, allowing them to watch things whenever they want. And then here's the exciting part, setting up small groups where you can actually meet with students that you can have real conversations with them They're on a small group level. You can, if you have reading groups, um, 
and like a lot of times, you know, like when you're doing group activities in a classroom, you can check in with kids. And when you're checking in, a lot of times everyone else starts screwing around and you have to, it's like trying to really focus, but also be mindful of all the other things that are going on. All the other things went away. You're just focusing on those kids. And I think that that's a really exciting idea to be able to hone in. So if you had office hours for certain kids, not just office hours are available and this is when we meet once a day. So like mine were at like four o'clock and no one ever showed up to it. Um, instead, what you're doing is creating small spaces where maybe one to eight kids are meeting at a time as part of a group and you're walking them through the assignment, you're asking questions or making sure that everyone understands what's going on and you're building connections with students, building relationships with students, asking questions about you know, the new Fortnite update, which new Fortnite update the other day, everyone you should go check it out. They revealed the lost city of Atlantis and we had to watch like four videos last Finally, night about it. Finally, you can it. see the full um, map. <laughs> yeah, if TikTok is not canceled in your country yet, uh, it's something that you could get into and talk to kids about and start getting some uh, a feel for who they are, what they are about. And I think that that's gonna be where a lot of my relationship building comes this year is by creating these small groups that will meet intermittently throughout the week um, that we can connect with those students. So I think that that's what I'm doing. I think the last thing real quick, I would just wanna say is mindset. It's this year, right? Going through quarantine has to be mindset. It has to be, you have to be more of a priority than you've ever been before. And so, to that point, um, an example of that is, so I'm still getting up early, but I'm not getting up near, I'm not doing 5 a.m. right now, right? Because there's no, there's no, I don't really see a need for it. I go to bed um, at a certain time, I wake up when I'm ready. And I, that has been really interesting to let my body kind of sleep as long as it needs because I've been exercising a lot more. Um, it is getting things that you need to do the things you want. So like I just bought a bike um, and I used to love riding a bike. Uh, I got away from it when I stopped uh, training for my triathlon. And then um, I, but now I'm doing it again. And that's been really, really great. I get to take rides with the kids. I take rides every day by myself. Um, and that's been fun. It's, you know, getting uh, meditation apps. The, if you get the Calm app, it's free if you're an educator. So you just have to fill out like a little online thing on their app and then you get a free, I use the Calm app often or Headspace um, to fill myself up. And so it's like doing stuff that's gonna put gas in your tank so that you can give to other people. Um, because otherwise there's too much going on in the world right now that you just get your butt kicked every day. So it's about like really being mindful and really being careful about who you are and what you're about um, and, and how you're filling yourself up. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna start answering some questions faster because those that was like four questions and it took me 30 minutes. Um, da Vinci is asking, when will the book be available on Audible? Bro, I wanna know this as well. Um, it turns out you need to hit a certain number of sales for it to be worth it for the publisher to put it on Audible. Um, that being said, I have I mean, I'm just, I'm so slammed right now with so much work. Like I'm really blessed to have as much work right now as I, as I do. Um, but I want to, if that doesn't happen, I'm thinking about just recording it myself and putting out some kind of like the best possible version that I can. I, mean, I think that we some, could do that. I think we could totally do that. We have a great microphone. Like we have enough editing people that yeah. know how to help us do that. So yeah, we could totally do that. Yeah. I listened to that new Kevin Hart audiobook too, The Decision. And I'm just like, this looks just sounds like fun. 
Like, because he just has fun with it. He just, like, starts, like, he'll, like, interrupt himself in the middle of something and talk about stuff. I'm like, I can do this. I can be. The, no, never mind. I'm not going to say I could be the Kevin Hart education. No. God help us. Um, Dion, I think I'm saying that right. Dion is asking, how do you feel about recording your in-class lesson iPhone and then updating it for the distance class? What microphone system? Um, I think that could potentially be a great idea. I know my friend um, th who's on Instagram is don't call me, sh or call me shivvy. Oh, I always say don't call me shivvy. Um, I'm thinking of He's don't call me Francis. literally saying the opposite. Call me shivvy. I'm thinking shivvy. of don't call me Francis, the, the, the cover band from oh. Jersey. Uh, call me Shivy said that he live feeds all of his lessons every day from his class because some students have trouble getting to school or access is an issue or whatever. So I think it's a great idea. If I was going to do that right now, I use a road microphone. Um, but I think I would get like some kind of blue tooth microphone that attached to my lapel. I, I just don't think, think that there's any, from my brief knowledge of looking like, I don't yeah. think there's any microphone that clips on like that it either has a cord or it doesn't and the ones without the cord are like wicked expensive the in interesting thing though road mic makes multiple versions but right now if you're basically if you're teaching in a situation where you're not as easily able to move around the room or if that's not promoted right you're not wanting to move up and down aisles and stuff if you are it's pretty stationary you could get just a road mic like this yeah, I think they like would that. work perfect. And I, what I love about Rode is they have, like, multiple different levels. So, like, a cheaper yeah. one that's better than just your onboard yeah, this camera, but, like... I mean, this thing's, like, only a couple bucks, and we used to use this, and it, like, came with the camera. It just broke, actually, recently. But it was, like, has a stabilizer on it, has, like, this cord that just plugs in your headphone, and if you have a new iPhone, you can just use the... What the hell's that a weird dongle. thing? The dongle. What a weird name. Who came up with that? Um, but it's just, like, a basic like simple microphone with this foam thing over the top of it. Um, we have like the, the, the updated version of this, like the, the, the pro, pro version of this, but this would work fine. They even have a smaller one. Do you remember the one that, that, we, that we had? Yeah. We just the, plugged it right into the headphone the, jack. Yeah. It was like, like this the, big, uh, road video might go or something like yeah. that. That's yeah, what I, I, and it plugs right into your phone. Like I did. They have so many yeah. options. I think go to road, but we're not, I'm not affiliated with road at all. So, um, but you can go on, uh, and under most of my, the one that we have is linked under any video that we've put out that has the actual description in it. You'll see our Amazon store, so I can make three cents off of this. But um, it, it'll, the reason I'm telling you about it is it'll take, the link will take you right to that. But I think that's a great idea because then students that are learning virtually are still getting the same thing and you're not having to re remake something oh, yeah little space freckled says it's called the shotgun mic shotgun I forgot. Mic. Yep. um and chris carson said that sure has one too so sure is like do you remember um belief did a promo with sure oh did he mm -hmm, like years ago oh so that might be actually worth people yeah. checking out too uh belief in fatherhood is a youtube channel so if you put in belief in fatherhood and then put sure mics i'm sure it'll pop up and he's a good dude he's he's helped us out a lot yeah, we haven't talked to him in a while um, Maisha Hutchinson is asking my old buddy, do you have a new, change your profile picture, I think. It's still Snoopy though. But it's a new Snoopy. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, what school supplies are you asking students to have if you're teaching online? Dude, this is such a, I, yeah. So great question. I don't think anything, cause I think I want everything to be online. Um, 
I think that like all the journal entries, all the submissions, all the projects, uh, what I don't want to have, <clears throat> what I'm trying to minimize here is, is two things. One, it's more cost effective because everything's just free if you're using it online. And two, um, it is, and, and especially since families, a lot of the families we work with, and I'm sure a lot of families you all work with are in a position right now where they are struggling with, um, with, with cash flow anyway. And, and with a lot of students that I have had in class, if we had any number of things, if I knew that someone was just like hard up, like if someone came to me like, yo, Reynolds, like my mom will get it eventually. I just gave it to them. And now I don't have that ability. Um, the other thing is it's snap. I had another idea for this. Oh, I want to lessen the amount that students actually have to leave like go out in the world. Like I don't want to tell a mom that she has to go spend, you know, an hour going to different stores to try and find a thing. It's like, just do it online. And I think that that's going to be easier and it's, and it is, it's easier to track. So like if someone sends you a Google doc or if you can see when the last time they edited it was, or you can see when they signed, when they hand it in, um, there are few times when kids didn't like we, we had to shift because like certain things like, <clears throat> If I had like a Venn diagram, right? This was one of the biggest pains in the butt last year. I did a Venn diagram and I just thought like, yeah, everyone's going to like upload using this program and they're going to be able to do it and it's going to be super easy. But then um, it turns out that not everyone has a computer that could read that, whatever that, that document was. So I had kids just like draw it on a piece of paper, take a picture with it, with their phone and they just send me that. And so it's like, whatever way you can get me that what I need to have, like whatever, like I don't, it's not a big deal, but I think that's how I'm going to roll it out this year. And we'll see that might shift, you know, into the year once we really see what's going on. Um, Kay Craddock is asking, I'm thinking about doing YouTube videos for my lessons. Do you have any tips on how to make it engaging? So two things. One, I made a video about this, uh, where I forget what it was called. It was only, I think I made it in June or something like that. How to make distance learning engaging. Okay, there you go. You do all the titles. So, um, and the, the thumbnail is, uh, me in front of a green screen. So just so you, when you're, if you scroll through, you'll, you'll see it in there. I think, look, basically making video content for students that is engaging. So first of all, I want to say, I think putting stuff on YouTube is the move. There's, and there's no worry about like, someone's going to see it. Someone's like people have worries about putting themselves out on YouTube, but I think it is one, you are putting content where kids attention already exists. So if kids are already on YouTube all the time, I mean, that's what my children are doing right now is watching YouTube. If your kids, if your students attention is already on YouTube, creating content in some, a place that is already going to like be in front of them. Um, I think it's a good move. I think the second thing is, is keeping it short. So I was talking, um, when I was talking with this company, <clears throat> HMH, they were saying that they, there was a study that they did that showed that content that is made for students that is three to six minutes long has about a hundred percent or 95% engagement rate the whole way through anything from six to nine minutes, it drops drastically. Like I think you get down to like 60% of your students are going to watch the whole thing. Anything over nine minutes, it drops to some rate that's like, you shouldn't even bother doing it. So how can you make three to six minute videos, like really strip down what you're doing. So it's about figuring out, um, what do we need to know? 
How am I going to get you to learn that? And how do I make it fun? And then just after that, it's once you know what you're going to teach and how, and how you want to teach it, it's about how can you just sprinkle magic on there? And so like, if I even look at this YouTube live, right? Like I can do all these fun things on here from, I can have party lights on here. I could have bubbles blowing in the background. This is just built in software for YouTube. I could, well, that that's all dream. built into, um, zoom too, right? Yep. You can do all this kind of crazy stuff. Like, you know, d depending on what you're doing, look, we could look like a drawing. Look, all of a sudden I'm take on me. <laughs> Chris Carson secretly going take John Lopez said no dis uh, disco ball. Ah, uh, John Lopez. There might be brother. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on here, but I'm going to start looking into this thing because it's exciting. Uh, so I think, um, what was I answering? I forget what I was talking about because I started looking at all that crap. Oh, how to make things engaging. Um, I think green screens are a great move. I think that doing green screen, I mean, you can get green screens for nothing, man. On uh, but that one's time consuming. Amazon. Like, it can be more time consuming. Oh, you learned a new trick on YouTube, like when you're editing. Yeah, but that's too hard to explain. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, here's my other thing I've really been giving a lot of thought to. I'm actually going to go, I'm making a video about this for, for some other company today, but um, where around your house could you make the video? So not just in your house, but if you're doing a lesson on, you know, velocity, could you find some train tracks and talk about that? If you're doing a lesson on, you know, could you look at the architecture? If you're talking about mathematics or something along those lines, could you go to a shipyard? Could you go to a pond? Could you go to the woods? Could you go to, to um, you know, the middle of the street on a country road? Could you go to a swamp? Could you go to the desert? Like what is near your house that you could tie into those lessons? Could, are you doing... Shakespeare, could you find a balcony? Could you find a, a tavern? Could you find a stage that exists outside in your community? Like, I'm really thinking about that could be kind of fun. Like, I could take my kids out. I could take my dog for a walk. I'm getting outside and I'm filming content for students in all these different places, which might just be enough, like create enough interest to have kids show up and have them pay attention. Where's Reynolds today? Where the hell is he going today? Like, what if every day you were somewhere else and that is not that crazy when you just think all it is is just shifting your camera. So maybe one day you're at this spot and there's woods, then there's train tracks, then there's the street, then there's a pond. That's four different places um, that you could go to. So I just think that that's a really fun idea as well. What do you got, dude? Um, oh, sorry. I'm so thirsty. Yeah, I'm really hungry all of a sudden. I am too. It's because I didn't make breakfast this morning. Clearly not going to eat a sandwich while I'm on here though, because that would be ridiculous. Uh, everybody said that's very Bill Nye of you. Mm. Bill Nye the science guy. Great idea. I was going to say Mr. Ro Mr. Rogers. We need a Mr. Rogers picture back here somewhere. Um, Mr. Rogers, if you remember that show, one of the things, let, let's break it down like this real quick. In creating online content, Mr. Rogers' show started every day the same exact way. And for those of you that don't Mr. Rog know who Mr. Rogers are, you should go watch the, uh, not the, you could watch the movie, the documentary is better. I think it's called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, there, every day it started the same way, every day it closed the same way. That consistency piece is something that children loved. And I read in a book that said that Mr. Rogers' show was huge in addiction communities, like in rehab centers, because it was the sense of normalcy. It was the sense of, I know exactly what's gonna happen. I know how this is gonna go. I know how it's gonna begin and how it's gonna end. 
but those of us that grew up with Mr. Rogers knew one of the best things was when someone came on the visit or Mr. Rogers went somewhere to a bakery and learned how to make bread when he went to the Crayola factory and saw how to make crowns. Like that was like, it was that show, How's It Made or whatever. It was like before it. that yeah. show even existed, that was the greatest part. So, hey, I'm making a video. We're in the beginning of my house. This is where we're going to, or we're, this is your backdrop. This is what we're going to learn about today. And then I go to the little stage that's in the park in my neighborhood and I talk about how Elizabethan theaters were set up and then we read Shakespeare. I go to the railroad across the street from my house. I go to, um, I don't know, any number. I go to the bank and talk about numbers or whatever it is that you want to do. You're just finding that and then you close it in the same way. I think that that's going to be my move this year and how I'm going to create content. And this is upside um, down. I also just want to plug uh, HMH. If you really, like the whole thing that you're making, yeah. a lot of what you're making is how to make distance learning engaging. Like, yeah. So it's a lot of short little videos. Yeah. So if you go on, if you if type into Google and this is, I don't make any money if you go there, just so you know, like I would never send you something. But I think it's a gated, I think it costs for people. I think some of there. it's free though. So it's worth checking out. It is. HMH teacher's corner if you touch that because i'm part of this i'm i'm making videos that are essentially like people can watch during their break um so they're like three to ten minute videos that people can just watch during their lunch break or something like that teacher's corner uh hmh and you you will find the link to it and that can be a good place for you to check things out this year um nick is asking question follow-up did you discuss zoom webex sunday night teacher talk uh no not yet so um nick asked last week about doing the live questions um we how do we say we were figuring that out we just talked about this the other day because i wanted to have an answer i don't i'm sorry i was typing you, you were doing something are you not half-assing anything but whole-assing everything yes. so i'm talking about girl um <laughs> nick i did not discuss that yet but the, so nick was wondering the other week whether or not we would do some things that so that people could come on live and that is something we're working on. So what we're working on, just so you know, and it will come up in the next few weeks, it is both doing um, something where people could come on and ask a question and be face-to-face -face interaction, and both um, sending this live feed out to all, to multiple social platforms. So it would also be live on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and wherever else we think is a good move. Um, so yeah, so that is not happening yet, but that is in the works and it has to do with there's like some coding things that I have to get someone to help me with to be able to do it because it's not just that simple. Um, so that's, that's the move. Got it? Did we do that one? Uh, nope. Amy Russell, my buddy is asking, anyone teach AP? I did a training online this summer for this uh, subject matter, but I'm very worried about planning teaching for the first time. High stakes freaks me out. Uh, Amy, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I never taught AP. That's not my, it's not what I feel like is my, is my gift. Um, I, so if you don't have answers here, I feel like that's a really great question for the Facebook group. So if anyone goes to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook, please make sure you answer the questions to get in so that we know that you're a teacher and you're not just some bot or you're not like a, you know, a spy or, or a business trying to sell stuff. Um, but I don't have a good answer for that, but I'm wondering. There you go. Bam. Look at this. Cause we're using, cause <laughs> we know. got, cause we got the new setup. I know. I love we're ready it. for action. Um, but I'm trying to think of a good piece of advice for that. I think, I don't think you have any advice for the AP, but just in general about it's your first 
Oh, it's, she's not a first-year teacher. Yeah. It, just for the first No, time. Amy Russell's been with us for I a while. I just give yourself grace. Yeah, but the problem <laughs> is with AP, she's saying it's high stakes because, like, kids, like, if they do well in the AP exam, yeah. then they can get college credit or the scholarship opportunities or things that can that come up if you do well in the class. And so if you're feeling like you're the teacher and, like, what if you screw up? Um, That's why I said give yourself grace. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Amy, look, I'm going to say on some level it has to do with, like, just deciding that you're not going to screw up. Like, it's going to be all right. And if you do screw up, it's all right, too. That you keep pivoting with the students and keep learning. And I think, you know, although I don't have any direct things to say, like, if you organize the class this way or if you do it this way, it's going to work. I do know that if you are... Mm -hmm if you are pot committed to something working, I just think a lot of times it just works. Like that, you know, if you're pot committed to, to getting fit, to learning more, to being a better parent, to being a better spouse, to being a better human being, to, to making a certain amount of money, to having a certain, um, like I like to have very clear goals in my class as to where I want my students to be at the end of the year. And if you're pot committed to that all in, I just think that you don't, lose I think I think it's very hard and and since you're already a teacher and you've been doing this for a little while like uh, I have no idea how long you've been doing this but like even if it's if it was a year five or ten twenty years um you have some know-how right you can put kids first you know how this goes so I think it's like you, know, you got this it's the thing that you're that we get nervous about is the unknowing um but I'll tell you what one piece of advice I, I'd give is whenever I'm nervous about something I think about the fact that if you've ever noticed being nervous and being excited feel very, very similar, right? It's that same kind of feeling in your stomach. It's that same restlessness. It's that same inability to sleep. It's the same inability to focus. So sometimes I'll just tell myself that I'm excited about something. Then I'm not nervous about this. Of course I'm not nervous about this. Of course the kids are going to do great. Of course I'm going to do a great job. And I'm going to give it my all. These kids should be stoked that they have a teacher coming in that wants to give it their all. Um, but Am I, sometimes I'll just tell myself, like, no, I'm just excited about this. It's not nervous. It's not nerves. It's excitement. So that's my best, that's the best I can do. And I'm hoping um, that someone in here can help you yeah, out with Dawn that. Yeah, Dawn Davis said there's an AP, um, uh, Dawn Davis is a, is a fantastic on, human oh, being, by the way. AP Online has a wonderful community on Facebook. Okay, So it's it like a private Facebook group specifically for AP. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Good old Dawn Davis. Thanks, Dawn. Who had more highlighting in her teacher class off book than anyone I've ever seen and could quote me better than I could quote myself. She is awesome. We never sent her stuff yet, did we? No. It's on my just list. ruined my surprise. Dawn Davis, email us your address. No, I, ha I thought I had all that stuff already. I have it written down. Did you ask her where? Yeah, like oh. right after it happened. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I didn't know. She's like waiting. It was, she sent it in a Facebook message or something like that. Sending yeah. it out tomorrow. It's on the list. My all my all my actual list of things to do is send Dawn Davis stuff in the mail. Well, you need to actually, you know, paint some more gold uh, microphones. No. We're out of them. We have one get, left, and it's it's gotta already get on it. Um, X time G. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. But the question is, uh, I'm a high school science teacher, and everything we do is hands on and group work. Any ideas or advice on how to still foster collaboration when we have to have students stay in their seats, dude? This is, this is the question. Here you go, baby. Um, because my class, like, like literally 90% of what we do in our class is 
out of your seat, out of the classroom, hands on, working in groups, working together to build something, to make something, to do something, to talk about something. And now if it's the mask and the shield and the plexiglass and the six feet apart, what are we doing? How do I make this work? I think the first thing is, is explaining to students like, look, there are limitations here. We're going to have to figure them out and we're going to figure them out as we go. That I don't have all the answers now because I, you know, and that's the truth. Like I don't have all the answers now. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do all year and how I'm going to do it. But, um, I think that we can help each other figure that out together. So one, I'd say this, because I can give you an answer, but I think it's also, this is a really good question to add in the Facebook group too. Look, the other day in face in the Facebook group, I was trying to figure out how to do, um, the four corners exercise. And, uh, like, so like if you have, you ask a question and then kids move to one corner, if they agree, if they disagree, if they strongly disagree, or if they strongly agree. And I'm like, how do I do this online? Right. And, um, turns out there's, uh, there's this woman on Twitter that I follow called, is it the cult of pedagogy? I think it is who made a video, but the whole reason I knew about that video was because a bunch of people in the Facebook group sent me it. And then they gave me like a ton of different, I probably got 25 different comments on how to handle this differently based on the access that my students have. So I just think that that's a really good resource. The other thing is, is how can we do this virtually? How can we connect with kids virtually to do any number of things? And so one way that I'm thinking about is, damn it, I'm not going to know the software off the top of my head. But I have a video coming out about it because I just partnered with um, with Adobe and I'm making a video for them based on oh. this new thing. Do you remember what it is? Spark something? Adobe Spark? Is that yeah, what it I is? It. Dude, it looks so fun. It's completely free for, for everyone. So you go on and it's a new way for kids to partner together. Or I'm thinking about how could kids make videos about stuff where they're working together, where they're filming it together, like, or separately, but they're sending things to one another. Um, so someone's editing it and doing voiceovers and doing research about it. How could students do that, um, like, like virtually could be really fun. Even if they're in the classroom and they're separated, how can we help them figure out how to do something like that as well? Um, so I think that, that that's just one way that I'm really kind of imagining that. Um, iMovie is also free or there's, if you have... Uh, like a PC in your, in your school, like a lot of times, like editing software for PCs is free online as well for, for educators. But like, how can kids like have that like collaboration? I think the other thing that might be really interesting is to talk to students about it. Like, like how do we make this work? Here's my, let me paint this idea. Here's what we usually do. How do you think we can get the same result as a team working together online? Um, and what that's doing is it's giving kids a say in their own education. It's giving them a voice in the classroom. It's letting them know that like, hey, maybe maybe I don't know how to do this, but maybe you do. And maybe that's going to be empowering to you. I know when I first started doing YouTube, man, I had zero idea how to do stuff. What happened? I just deleted what I wrote out. Oh, um, it is uh, that like I would go into school and have to be like, all right, I don't know how to do this on a YouTube video. I don't know how to post this. I don't know how to make sure I monetize. It. I don't know how to make sure this is happening. I don't know how to add um, hashtags onto it so people can actually find it in, in a search. And the students did it all for me. I did. And so sometimes I won't even put effort into learning something that if when 
Instagram has a new feature, if Snapchat had a feature, if TikTok had a feature, if I was trying to figure out what to do on Twitch, I would always go to students and say, all right, yo, question, this is what I wanna do. How are we doing it? And then the kids come in and they give you the answer. And that was just really fun. And I think we could do the same thing this year with regards to trying to figure things out because sometimes students just know more than we do about certain types of technology. So that's, that's my answer. It's not as full and complete and as well wrapped package as I would like it to be, but, um, but that's what I'm thinking about right now. You got another question? Mm -hmm. I see it. H Sadat, who I know from Instagram, is asking, hey Reynolds, I'm curious to know why you love teaching. Uh, oh snap, it just moved. Oh, dang it. Hold on there. I'm getting back to it. Did it delete? Uh, it was, uh, I read it. It was basically, um, why do you love teaching so much and show up every night to do this chat and... Great uh, question. Mm -hmm. um, I love teaching for a ton of reasons, but I really think that teaching is my calling. It's what I've been given to do. It is, if you take all the things that I'm kind of good at or interested in or, or want, like wanting to do in the world, teaching is the culmination of all those things together. It just makes sense. And I think that if it's my calling and if it's my passion, then it, it the thing I love about that is it, it, it takes away all the other possibilities. What else could I possibly do in the world besides educate? And sometimes that's educating students, sometimes that's educating teachers, sometimes that's educating friends. Like I feel like I'm always teaching everywhere I go and I'm always kind of doing this. Um, so because I feel like that's my strong suit, why wouldn't I just do it online also? Um, you know, and, and a lot of, when I think about calling, it's like what what needs to be done? What, what things need to be done? So we didn't, we didn't do this because we, because we thought of it, right? It wasn't even like our idea. Most of the things that we have done as a business with Real Rap with Reynolds have been, have come out of folks asking for it, folks asking for a live feed, folks asking if what it would be like if I collabed with someone else, folks asking for, the whole reason we have a podcast is because people ask for a podcast. The whole reason we wrote a book is because people were like, you need to write a book. Would you please write a book? Would you please write a book? And then someone said, hey, if you're gonna write a book, I could probably hook it up. And then I said, all right, so I wrote a book. Um, the whole reason I'm gonna, I wanna have an audio book is because folks have asked for it because we have folks that um, interact with us online on social that are either blind or have severe, uh, like a sight disability. Um, so it's, you wanna create stuff for that. The whole reason I started putting, creating closed captioning on all my videos is because folks from other countries were watching the videos and wanted it in their native language so they needed me to make that accessible to them. So like. The Facebook group came about because of that. The whole line is this. I think that my what I want to do in the world is help people to be as successful as they possibly can. And I'm not, you know, and, and I want to make that as, as, as clear and as transparent on my end as I can as well. I don't know everything about teaching. I don't know everything about what it's like to be the best parent, the best spouse, the best dog owner, the best friend, the best entrepreneur. Like I just, I don't know all the things. But what I can do is create space for people to have those conversations. Sometimes I have something to add to that conversation, like folks will ask me questions and I have something I can answer. Sometimes I don't, and I have to turn it back to the group, to the community to work out. I think the same thing is true in education where I don't always have the answers. I don't, I'm not always the best messenger, but I can find the messenger and bring them into my classroom and have guests come in and speak to something. 
Um, I don't always know what to say to, you know, if folks ask me, like, when we go back this year, how do you address the death of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, Ahmed Aubrey, and, and countless others? How do you address things like racism in the classroom? How do you address all lives matter or black lives matter or whatever else being a white dude and for me teaching all black children? Um, I think that I don't have the, have the answers for all that stuff. What I can do is create a safe space to have a conversation about things, to create active learners, to help students to actively listen to one another, to educate themselves, to think outside the box, to communicate with each other, um, and to talk about things. And so why do I teach? Because I think it's the work that I've been given to do. Why do I do the rest of the stuff that I do? Because I think that that's also what I've been given to do. And when you've been given, when you know, and for me, um, it's if you've been given something to do by God, what's the, what do you say? I don't, I don't want to do that. It just is not something I want to say. So it's, um, so I do it and I do it to the best of my ability. So that's, that's my reason. Um, and look, I'm going to be, let's be real clear about this too. The business we're building is to also make money because I want to, let's go, let's go real deep for a second. The business I'm creating, Real Rap with Reynolds, um, all the teacher class off stuff, the merch coming out, the mentoring that I do, the speaking engagements that I do, the book sales that I do, um, it's all to make money because I'm not someone, and we're going to get a little woo-woo here for a second, I'm not someone that just wants to pray for things. I want to be an answer to prayers. And so in making money from these things, I am able to um, bless kids. I'm able to give kids money that they need for things, for college. I'm able to create spaces like my garden in my backyard that I can invite people over to that and they can enjoy it. I can have people over for dinner. I can um, buy ice cream for, for kids' friends. Like when all the friends are over, we can just spend money on them and, and give them ice cream or take them somewhere or bring a friend to go do something or any number of other things that like buy Cephas glasses last year when he broke them in college and like all this kind of stuff. Um, I think that being an entrepreneur for me allows us to be an answer to prayer. And I think that it allows all of you in creating this community, right? And in, in working together as one another, we are becoming all of us answers to prayer. And so that's, that's my long answer to your short question. Um, and all of my, I'm out of order and whack. It just keeps jumping. Uh, I skip questions. I don't know. I have to figure out something. Cause I even tried to go back in the chat like, on the laptop and it, it like disappears at some point. I guess it's only allotted for so much. Yeah. See, when you have these long answers, I it's kicking them out. Yeah. All right. Knock it off. Snap. Anyway, keep I going. I wonder if there's a better way to do that. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, so if I skipped your question and you see that like yours was next, please just put it in there again. Let me let let us know. Like, hey, you skipped my question, so I know that to to jump on that one. Because um, apparently my answers are too long and it's cutting the chat. Um, <laughs> AB is as is asking. I'm in school to be a teacher and there's so much negativity from teachers online. I don't even know that it's worth it anymore. I'm afraid Mr. Reynolds with his positivity and success is an outlier. I'm afraid Mr. Oh, you're afraid that with my positivity and success that, that I am an outlier. Yeah. Let me tell you why that's not true. Um, oh, that was tricky. Um, look, one, I am not positive all the time. I am not successful all the time. And I know that all successful and, you know, it's like rich people like to tell you about when they report, right? Um, I think it's a decision. And I think that, you know, it's about, it's about canceling those voices. It's about not following those people. There are some 
I'll even say like some folks on the internet, like on Instagram for say, per se, but that are extremely funny, that crack me up, that are online and they have really funny posts, but a lot of it, but I'd say about 50% of the time, like, so like, what is it like teacher's humor or something like that? There's, there's, there's some Instagram account like that, but then the other half of the time, it's like really sarcastic and it's like getting ready to go back to school in the midst of COVID and this pandemic. And it's like, you know, how are we supposed to treat our kids and how are we supposed to say hi? And it's like, some of that's just funny, but like some of it is like, it's just energy that I don't want to engage with. It's just stuff that I don't want to get down with. But I think that your success in life, AB, your success in life is largely predicated on your, on who you're around. You are the average, as Jim Rohn says, of the five people you hang out with the most. And I only get down with people that are going to build me up. If someone in school is talking trash, I just don't even interact unless I want to push back on purpose. Cause it's like, sometimes like someone will try to take the, the air out of the room with all that they're saying. It's like, nah, I'm just, I'm just not having that. Sometimes someone will say something that's like sarcastic towards the kids, towards the school that is um, like some sort of like uh, microaggression. It's like, no, I'm just gonna call you on your, on your nonsense right now. Um, and other times it's like, bro, I don't even have time for you. Like, I'm just like, I'm trying to get down with the people I need to get down with. Now this year is gonna be very interesting for that because a lot of my friends aren't coming back. Like, like Cho and Yonkers and Fines um, and a lot of my other friends that I worked with that I have been real close homies with are now gone. So it's like uh, trying to figure out like what that new circle is going to look like. Um, but I think that, that that's where you focus. I think it's focusing on things and I'm going to shout it out again. The Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk is a great place to get to know people that are people like us do things like this is what Seth Godin says. And then ignoring the rest of that because because there is a lot of negativity, but there's a lot of negativity around everything. People like that shit, man. It is like, it is, it's magnetizing. It is, you talk trash and people love to commiserate over things, right? Like even if we're just sitting at our swim club that we belong to um, and you're sitting there with people and they'll just talk about like, oh, look at her. What does she, who does she think she is with this outfit on? Oh, look, oh, my man got a little, he got to quarantine, the, you know, 15 or 20 over there going on. Like it's, it's fun to tear people down because then you feel better. It's harder to be positive out loud. But I think the greatest thing we can do for the world, I think uh, Patch Adams said this in his book, Gazoon Hype. Um, one of the great, one of the best things we can do for the world, one of the most revolutionary acts we could do for the world is to be happy out loud. And so it, it's not enough to let, it's just like your love you feel for your family doesn't do them any damn good, right? The love you show for your family and your friends is what actually changes the world. And so stand up in the midst of that. If you feel like the rest of educators in ed, people in education are bringing everybody down, then make some more noise, find some more people, start a party and invite people into it, make it awesome. Like find things to do that are have you being revolutionarily, I don't even know what Edie's going to dog my language later, um, revolutionarily out loud about the way you're doing things and have that positivity spread because it's, you know, that negativity is just a virus and, and everyone's going to get it. But like, you know, 
tell people, scratch that. I'm not doing that shit. Like, and then get down to business and do great stuff. Well, you didn't even mention what we love that Oprah says. Oprah always says, you are responsible for the energy that you bring in the room. Yeah. Uh, actually, Oprah quoted somebody else. Oh, but shit, yeah, sorry. you are responsible for the energy you bring into the room. Game changer right there. Amen. Um, because you are, like, when you enter into a room and you're just like, oh, God, another meeting. Like, if you just have to figure out ways to flip the script, and I, I figure out all kinds of ways to make meetings I don't want to be in fun. I take pictures of people and draw on them, and then I send them to them when I'm sitting there. I bring props and dumb crap with me, like my bubbles, or I just made this thing the other day. Oh, some old plywood. Ready? Meeting getting started, and it is not. Means it works. Um... So it's about like just trying to figure that out or like go to a meeting and bring Aww. your gorilla arm with you. Hey, everybody. I'm really, I just want to say that, no, it's just moving. And like Mr. James Pete had like a long question and it's just, it keeps not letting me. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. I care about I'm stuff. sorry. Mr. James Pete, I think your whole, all of your things got deleted because it just keeps moving. Um, so, and it was lengthy and I think a lot. So email it, it to him. Or, or set, see if you can send it again. I don't, I don't know how that works. It is a pain. I'm going to try and have shorter answers. Okay. So I'm just Let's going. Let's go. Rapid fire. We're, we're 70, 70 minutes in anyway. How's my dishwasher? It's here, Tracy, but it it's is. not installed Sitting yet. Sitting right there. It's coming this week. My buddy, who we call Cool Tom, because he's cool, is coming to set it up this week. Uh, oh, Little Space Freckles says, I think there's a way to turn on slow mode in the chat so it's not moving too fast. It actually, it's not moving too fast. It literally doesn't allow me to go back. Like, it's... Far enough. It only goes back so far. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a pain in the butt. <sighs> All right. I've never had it. Yeah, I I don't have any of Mr. James. Anyway, oh, I just got to find Maybe that's good questions, too. I know. And he likes Van Halen. It's like we're kindred souls. Kindred the family. Something about 20 hours a day. All I know is you shouldn't be working 20 hours a day. Uh, now you I really like question. it. I guess, yeah. Come on, man. I like mm -hmm. breathing. Do that 24 okay, hours a day. There's... Got it? Okay, next one. Um, so, sorry. I, I don't know why it's just doing I'm this. I'm skipping but people's questions because it, I can't get back So, to I'll that. try and do um, some quick answers. James Pete's all over in here, too, so it's it's a shame because he's a, such an active member, too. Um, Jacob Lopez is asking, I have two weeks before school starts, and I just found out that I'm teaching Latin American studies, a new course that's been approved. Any recommendations where to start? Um, don't recreate the wheel. I think find stuff online and sprinkle magic on top of it and find things that are, and I don't mean like TPT because that, TPT is such a pain in the butt because you can't see everything. Like, it's like, it's like little, they make it all blurry. So you don't really know what you're buying, but I would just, I would start by Googling the greatest, what do you, what is it? The greatest Latin American studies curriculum ever or great Latin American studies, um, lesson plan or something along those lines. I think is really great. Uh, and that's kind of where I would start. Um, otherwise I would just, if anyone is watching this, even if you watch it afterwards, if you could hook up my friend, John Lopez, if you have a curriculum, if you know somewhere that he can get something for Latin American studies, because he is in, in a time crunch, um, could you send that to him or, or find a way to get that to him? And, uh, Jacob, if you put that in the Facebook group too, let's shout that out and say, like, if you put that in the Facebook group, uh, 
folks can can give you resources there too and i i am so certain that you will get more than enough stuff if you put it in there um man janice said that she quit her job because her school was not taking the safeguard uh precautions seriously enough and they won't go digitally janice said that bonner yeah that so let me just say that janice i think that, that like first of all first of all that is insane right that you would have to quit your job because the school's not being safe enough right it's just it's crazy let's just note that that situation two on some level i want to say good for you right like i know like kids miss out and and kids aren't having like there's a lot there's a lot going on but the fact that we have to pick one or the other the safety of you your family and your community or educating children and meeting their needs. The fact that there's only, like that we're making this a this or this, you're saying kids aren't important if you wanna love your family and take care of them and not have your, you know, grandmom get sick, or you really love children and you're willing to do anything for them, but then your kids might get sick and end up in the hospital. Um, So I say, good for you. If there's ever, if there's anything I can do to help, if you need help getting through that moment, please just contact me and let me know. And I'd happy to help you with anything that I can, because I know that's difficult. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope that that works out, you know, so like Janice, I would just say real quick, um, considering tutoring online, doing something like OutSchool. If you go to outschool.com, they pay like up to, I think it's like $40 an hour to start for educators to teach virtually uh, to kids that are just being homeschooled and, and learning virtually. Um, or if you do something like Dada ABC or VIP Kids might be a really good move and a way for you to, to make money while, while you don't have a job right now. What do you got? Mm, Missing? No, I don't. Miss spin in my chair? Here, nope, that one. Too late, because I already I'm, did it. I'm just going I was random. spinning. I don't even know what the back of my hair looks like either. Because, uh, you know, it's a waist up world and face front world too. Uh, Hannah O'Leary is asking, um, first year teacher here. So first of all, congratulations. Fantastic. You're going to have a story to tell your grandchildren and all the other teachers that are like, it's my first year and I'm scared to be like, when I first started, it was a pandemic. What do you got? Um, the, my head is full of ideas and checklists. What would you say are the most important things of, or a few things that I should focus on tomorrow for my first day of pre-planning? Hannah, I think the best thing that you can do, um, I have a video out that's called the first day, what I do on the first day of school. I also have a video out that's called what I do on the second day of school. I do not, however, have a video out that's called what I do on my third day of school because I don't remember. I think it's about building excitement and building engagement in the classroom from the beginning. Um, if you go onto my website, I have, uh, if you go to realrapidrounds.com and you find resources, is it still called resources? Forget what John calls it out. You're doing something else. Ow, and you just stab me with your toe, with your finger. I'm sorry. Ah! <laughs> sorry. sorry. About that. We're live. No, All right. Um, I hope so. I'm gonna get nail now. Um, I have a resource that's called a Who Am I sheet, and it's a way that I get kids to fill out things about who they are. I also get kids to do a life map in the beginning of the year. It's like, how can you find out more about your students? How can you make the first day of school? like a movie trailer for the rest of the year. I like telling kids that I'm excited about school, that I'm excited about them, and I'm excited that we're going to learn this year. I'm excited that I'm a teacher and I love my job. Because, frankly, I've never had, I don't know who Frank is, but frankly, I've never had a teacher in my life that has told me that they were excited about the school year or that they actually like their job. 
Um, they instead spend all their time and energy on the first few days telling me about what we're not going to do, what we're not going to get away with, what is not going to happen this year, people, all right? You need to understand. So seventh grade, not in sixth grade anymore. Every teacher says that for every grade too. Whether if you're in fourth grade, it's you're not in third grade anymore and we have to get ready for fifth grade because all of a sudden fifth grade is business. Then you get in fifth grade and they want to tell you that this isn't fourth grade anymore, people, all right? Not just going to the bathroom whenever we want. We're not handing in late work. We're not taking sloppy stuff, right? It's like, it's so ridiculous and it is, it is setting the wrong energy for the school year man why not be excited why not tell kids that even though this thing sucks and we're stuck in a classroom with plywood or plexiglass between us because if you're using plywood that's weird but um you know but we're dreaming a budget if we are learning virtually like i get it i understand this is not optimal we're going to make the greatest effort that we can to make this the best year possible for all of us and that's what i would would focus on um and then i think i plan out five weeks in advance Right, so each unit in my class is five weeks. I get it. I go to like timeanddate.com and I print out their free calendar, and then I pencil in all the stuff that we have to do. So like every, so like I, I coordinate my my weeks, um, so I know exactly what it's going to look like, and then I have a, a basic picture of how this is going to rock and how much many lessons I can get through, how many pages I can assign a day, when I want. Uh, a test to be so I can reverse engineer and know how much time I have to get ready for that particular assessment or when the project is due and then backwards plan that like reverse engineer that so you have some sense of like what you want that to look like um, to, to get ready for that thing as well so that's that's what I'm thinking about what do you got buddy I don't even know it's all screwed up now man I know I'm, I'm all really sorry. out of sorts I know it makes you feel bad too it already makes you feel bad that we don't get to every question every week too um, I'm just going to sit here silently. I know. I had one and then I... Let me play sad music. Let me do black and white for a second. No. Uh, you can talk about... A, a day. Uh, stop. You can talk about James. Feed a puppy. Uh, question. Essentially, he is supposed to teach in the classroom and also the virtual academy at the same time. Like, yeah, he's responsible for both. That's what they wanted us to do. Yeah. Not happening. So this is why. Uh, I just think, look, James, I also think, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, sometimes I don't want to say things because I don't want people to get in trouble. So like, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, see if you get down with the spirit of it. I think this year is going to be so convoluted that, that the people that are keeping an eye on us normally are not going to have time to keep an eye on us. There's not enough time to to pop into everyone's Zoom, check everyone's Google Classroom, because there's so many fires to put out. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, I think it's also important to, with trusted members of your school community, figure out what are people actually gonna do? What are they making this look like? How much work are they actually giving? What does the virtual look like versus the in-person? Um, and then trim the fat. And knowing that the virtual piece I just don't think it has to be very long. I mean, people that watch my channel know that I don't give homework. And if I give homework, it is very, very seldom to begin with. So when we started doing virtual learning, it was like, I'm not giving 45 minute assignments every day. It's dumb. And not everyone has enough time to do it. Like students don't go to class and do 45 to 50 minutes worth of work every day anyway. We're having conversations. We're working on stuff. We're answering questions. We're figuring things out. We're, we're moving our seats and our desks and setting up. It doesn't like learning something doesn't take that much time. I think it's about letting students figure out how much time any particular assignment is going to take them. Um, but I would say 
It is about listening to what you and your community think is the best plans. A lot of times the folks that are in charge are trying to, what they're trying to do in a lot of schools right now, and I know this because I work with them, is um, they are trying to take the model we came from and fit that into this new virtual world. And it's like, no, this isn't how it works anymore. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to take that long. It doesn't have to be that model. We can figure out a new way to make this work that's more optimal than trying to take this thing and make it work here. Like, that's just, it, it doesn't work that, that way all the time. So um, that's, that's what I'm thinking about for that. Because, and also, you burn yourself out because there's too many forms and things to fill out and obligations because the people that are making the decisions are not the people that are in the classroom. And, and, and they won't be in the classroom. And, and that's my problem with a lot of this COVID stuff too, is like the, the folks that are making the decisions are not gonna be in harm's way. They're basically generals that are sending the soldiers out uh, to, to go figure things out. And it's just a bad move, right? Like, and they're not answering all the questions. They're not thinking through a lot of these things. So, yeah. Someone said, I'm nervous about touching papers. Like, I'm- That was a student that just started calling me. <laughs> um, so, uh, the so i think but even things like look I, and i don't want i don't like fear like i don't like pushing fear but i think about the fact that i don't wash my ties i don't know a man that does maybe there's somebody out there that's a tie washer but i don't wash my ties i also when i wear cardigan sweaters i don't wash them every time after i wear them right because it, it just they don't last if you do that um but if i wear clothes to school every day shouldn't i be washing them so like should teachers be allowed to wear scrubs to school to wear something that can be thrown in the wash every single day? I don't even want to More come in my house. Yeah. I don't want to come in and like, usually I come in from school, I don't get changed. I rock that outfit until we get changed for bed, right? And it's yeah. like, but I don't want to, you know, no, so where do I- doing, If you were doing in-person teaching, like in the building, if you actually even did it, I would make you go in the backyard and like literally strip from shoes to like come in in your box. There's an like, Instagram yeah. live feed of my neighbors would be like, yeah, there's the guy gets undressed in the backyard every day. So and then come in and shower. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, it's terrible. And I, I hear what you're saying with that paper stuff, especially for schools that don't have access, right? Like, uh, I just saw someone here. Uh, it's the woman I was talking to the other day, uh, from the Caribbean that like, what if you don't have computers? What if you're not one-to-one? -one? What if you only have paper and pencil? Like, what do you do then? It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, you want to keep answering questions or are we going to end because it's 2.30? Uh, yeah, um, let's do one more. I'm starving. There you go. Where's starving. That last question, the purple. The This one? Yes. Steven? Yep. Steven Carl Mendoza is asking, question, this year our school released some teachers. Now I have around 250 students, bro. Did you ever have an experience with a lot uh, with a lot of students. Have you ever, how do you even grade them? Steven? All right, so I've never taught that many kids in my life. I've had 150, I think is the biggest I've ever had in my life. Um, that was five classes a day, 30 students per class. Um, maybe a little bit more than that because I've had classes that I've had 31, 32 students in it. Um, Hip hop classes had a lot more than that. But anyway, the point of the matter is, is I think it is figuring out ways. What I would do is, as look, let, let's break it down like this. I'm not sure 
if I'm right in this, but I really believe that education is important. Education is the pathway to success for students, right? And, and so it is what's going to be allowed, allow them to go from where they are to where they want to be. And it is, we are literally empowering students to be able to educate them. That being said, if we go through a year where kids have an op an, a less than optimal learning environment, a learning experience, that they're not having every question answered, they're not getting all the challenges that they need met. If we are helping them to do something instead of nothing, we are helping them to win. We are keeping the machine moving. The train is still moving down the track, not at the speed that it was before, but we're still going forward. I think that something is better than nothing. And so if we look at this year, in a way that we are giving our students something and we are moving the needle forward, I think the kids win. And look, and that's even if it's not as good as it could be. It's not as great as, as it would be normally. So if you are, I usually don't do multiple choice anything. I just don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that it's real world learning. Um, that being said, if you can figure out Google Sheets or like, I know like my co-teacher, I don't know how to do this, but I'm, I'll give you the idea anyway, where you can make, online multiple choice assessments for students, great. I am not affiliated with TPT, but if you can find something that's gonna help you to plan, help you to put stuff out, help you to um, have assessments that are already ready, doing something like that. Using apps like GradeSaver that you can uh, scan, like I would make like multiple choice forms and like it, GradeSaver gives you a, a, like a, like essentially a Scantron sheet, which I'm not a big fan of Scantrons either, but it gives you the sheet you can use your phone to just click it and it grades it right there. Any way that you can use to expedite sort of some of those processes that are going to just keep you down and wipe you out so that you can just focus on students and learning, I think that that's what I would do. Um, and look, it's gonna have to be what it's gonna have to be because we're in the middle of something difficult. Um, this, is, this is for all you 80s kids out there, this is the A-team, right? This is the end of the A-team episode where you have some kitty litter, a fly swatter, some duct tape, and a piece of chewing gum, you have to figure out what to do with it. Or the end of MacGyver, where you're, you know, the same list of ingredients, but always with a pocket knife. Um, it is trying to figure it out to the best that we can, staying centered on kids, staying centered on what's important, filling ourselves up so that we don't get so washed out and so beat up that we can't do anything, and knowing that we, as a community, can get through this together. I'm not so sure all the time about leadership, right? Some schools have amazing leadership. Maybe Richard Royster was your assistant principal. Maybe you have great admin like I've had in the past. Maybe you work for someone that is amazing and you, you know, I don't know, like so, uh, Hamish Brewer is your, is your principal and, and it's game on, right? But for those of you that don't, it's about finding a community, whether that's online or in person, that's going to help you get through this year, help you stay centered on students, help you, you know, have what it takes to get through the year. And that, I think, is, has to be the primary concern. So it's not about looking at just those specific things. It's about looking at the big picture and figuring out how do we not just survive this, but how do we thrive through this? Um, and I think that that's, that's going to inform our practice when we go back to school and make us even more amazing teachers than ever before. So um, that's going to be my closing. Uh, should have played slow music over that inspirational song.
would have been Why funny. Um, gang, look, if you are not a part of it already, before you go, I want to tell you the Facebook group Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk is a really great place to get in touch. My book is out, uh, Real Rap with or Teacher Teacher Class Off, the Real Rap Guide to Teaching. Um, and I think that that is like the reason I talk about this, right? The reason I even brought, wrote a book is because I think it could actually help you. I think it's a really great resource and stuff I wish existed when I first started teaching. Um, so if you're into that, you can do that. And if you have read it and um, you wouldn't mind writing an Amazon review, that would be awesome. That's my one ask this week, if you could do that, if you read the book. Um, that's it. Gang, I hope you have a great week. And I hope this is uh, you're getting closer and closer to, to your dream of getting back into the classroom. So. There's Brody. That's it, everybody. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.